Hey everybody, Perrin Lovett back for a short, brief edition of the Prepper Post News on Wednesday, October 26, 2022. This year is just uh, flying by, as they sometimes do. So this, this is going to cover a couple of topics. Uh, first, there, there's been all kinds of news all over the place uh, about the, uh, the great hoax of 2020 that just won't go away and uh, a lot of people on all sides are starting to kind of sort of hint around that things might not be as they were presented that in fact uh, certain things may certain medicines may be very bad for you uh, yet and still the usual suspects people who should know better or more likely do know better just keep covering up and recommending that people essentially take a poison. And there, there are some stats out recently, the past couple of weeks, that, uh, that are just horrible. Just horrible. Um, but there's also some good news, especially if you were the kind who stood strong against uh, certain tyrannical mandates the past you know, year year and a half, um, various places around the world, especially in the United States, the, uh, the blue kind of places like New York City started mandating that uh, people like city workers had to take a gene therapy poison that was pretty much always known to be a poison, it causes cancer, causes all kind of cardiac problems to include death, uh, infertility, uh, all, all kind of horrors. And in places like New York City, you had a, a few folks, I guess they were police officers, firefighters, clerks, utility workers, train drivers, who resisted and they refused to uh, comply with these illegal satanic orders to poison themselves. And uh, many of these people were fired from their jobs. And as far as I can remember, it seems like anybody who challenges uh, such a firing <coughs> in the face of tyranny is winning. Uh, so it is that a, a New York court has just uh, struck down New York City's mandatory poison decree and ordered that all of the fired city workers be immediately reinstated with full back pay. So let that be a lesson that when it's a matter of life and death and it's your principles and you're facing off with a government that has no principles, has no vested interest except harming people, you have to stand your ground. And if you do stand your ground and if you're defiant, uh, eventually you will be vindicated. So uh, hats off to all of those who remained pure bloods and those who caved, I am, I'm pretty certain, regret it. So, um, and, and there's a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, many things are moving. I, I don't have time to get into all of it. Um, a lot of it is, is, is just not important. And as usual, the, uh, the fake news media throws up all kinds of distractions, such as, I may have mentioned this before, I'm sure you've seen it, Yee, formerly known as Kanye West, versus the Jews. Um, 
this story is getting so much traction that I, I'm starting to think there may be a little, so much smoke there has to be a little fire. Uh, because Yi, Kanye, has uh, essentially been canceled like few people have before. Uh, he's lost his, uh, his recording deal. His agent no longer represents him. I think his attorney abandoned him. Adidas, Gap, uh, uh, Balenciaga, all these, uh, everybody he used to make money uh, with his uh, rapping and his apparel, his sneakers, uh, have turned against him. Because, allegedly, because because the ADL uh, ordered ordered them to. Of course, the ADL, as you know, is uh, a, a terrorist organization uh, brought about to honor the memory of a convicted child rapist and murderer who they say did nothing wrong. And according to their law, I guess he didn't. But uh, anyway, um, what did Kanye say that, that warranted his... Uh, mass cancellation. That, that's a question everybody needs, needs to ask themselves. And, and no matter who it is, these days when somebody gets canceled at pretty much at any level, it's usually because whatever they said was the truth. But uh, that that is what it is. The other thing, the big thing I wanted to cover today, uh, I, actually I, I did not want to cover this, and I put it off for a few days. Um, I just a trio of uh, other people that I respect have commented on it, and uh, no links today, but um, you can you can find this stuff if you want to. It's about the specter of the dirty nuclear bomb in or around Ukraine, um, and uh, I, I guess I owe this to Gonzalo Lira, who on one of his new channels on YouTube did uh, one or more videos about the potential uh, use of a dirty nuke in or around Ukraine. Uh, he, he goes into excellent detail about what might be behind that. And uh, Andre Ravsky, the Saker, wrote an excellent piece uh, today or yesterday uh, about the logistics and the meaning of such a thing. And then last week, also at the Saker site, possibly elsewhere, like Ron Unn's site, good old Fred Reed wrote about uh, not not the the in progress uh, conflict, but the the a general preview of what life would be like in the United States after a nuclear war, and that that is really worth reading because he points out that uh, even in a limited exchange where there's you know quote unquote minor or moderate damage, when you're dealing with H-bombs, uh, that's pretty much all it takes. You only have to take out a couple of regional cities or, uh, you know, power plants, uh, refineries. Um, all you got to do is cripple the electrical grid and the, uh, the supply of gasoline and diesel, and the United States grinds to an immediate halt. So then, you know, even if you, you know, if you only had 12 bombs, strategically dropped uh, 12 warheads hitting and they did you know substantial but but minor damage in terms of the total population um, you would start to have all hell breaking loose in the cities he, he gives the example of New York 
well, what if New, New York would be a primary target, but what if it was spared? Well, the, the lights would go out, and, you know, New York City is a dangerous place any given day. With the lights out, people tend to go wild. Um, the smart folks would immediately want to leave. Of course, the trains would not be running, uh, and people could only drive as far through ridiculous traffic as, uh, as they had gas in the tank. The food would run out in a day or two, and then uh, the usual suspects, disease and uh, famine, would take over and things would get downright ugly. And then the, uh, the 2017 Deagle forecast about a radical drop in the population of the United States might, might not look so radical. Um, but how, you know, how would we get there? Well, there's all this talk about a dirty bomb in or around Ukraine. And um, I, I, one of the reasons I'm, two reasons that I'm, I've been kind of slow to talk about this, you know, one, we, it's all speculation. Nothing has happened, so we don't really know anything. And I still think it's a very unlikely scenario. Um, maybe not as unlikely as I would like to think. And, and two, it's, it's, kind of, it's still kind of distant. And the other reason, the big reason, uh, is that, you know, I, I, I grew up in the, uh, the latter days of the Cold War with the, uh, you know, the duck and cover and the specter of nuclear warfare that was always talked about, always dreaded, but never happened. And I, I don't want to be part of the, uh, the new duck and cover fear mongering. I just want to get some facts out there. So what is a dirty nuclear bomb? It's not a thermonuclear warhead. There's no fission or fusion involved in it. It's just a conventional explosive of some kind uh, wrapped in radioactive material, uh, most likely either some sort of uh, shredded or powderized plutonium or uranium. And the idea is that you detonate it and it spreads all this stuff around and contaminates as much area as it can uh, causing radiation sickness to anyone that comes into contact with it, and, and, ma and mainly, you know, creating just a, a huge mess. It's, it's big, Andre pointed out that its biggest uh, effect would be fear that it generates, because, you know, how big? How big would it have to be? Uh, you could con conceivably wrap one of these into an artillery shell, and, you know, you could... Uh, you know, cover up about an acre or so, <clears throat> or you could use a a, uh, a large truck bomb, kind of like what the uh, MI6 and uh, Ukraine used against the uh, the uh, the bridge in Crimea, uh, a couple thousand pounds of uh, TATP. But even then, you would only be spreading, you know, uh, radioactive contamination over, you know, several hundred to maybe a few thousand. Uh, meters, uh, not the biggest effect, and uh, but it would it would make a terrible mess, and nobody wants to see that happen. H how likely is it? I, I I don't think it's that likely, although it is a distinct possibility. And uh, one of the the highlights, one of the the giveaways that it may be more possible than I'd like to think is that uh, on both sides of the uh, the line in Ukraine. Uh, both armies are now being given uh, anti-radiation tablets, potassium iodide. Uh, they're being uh, given NBCR suits to protect them from fallout. 
and they're also being issued, at least in Ukraine, Geiger counters. Why would you need that if, uh, if nothing was going to happen? So who, who might be behind it? Well, if you have the misfortune of reading or watching the, uh, the mainstream Western lie factory media, uh, you know, they're saying this is Putin's, you know, Putin is still dying of cancer. He's totally out of uh, munitions, losing, his whole country's falling apart. And uh, so this is his last bid of desperation. Uh, never mind the fact that he's got six or 7,000 perfectly operational nuclear uh, weapons, including very small ones. And if he wanted to use one, he, he could, just could. There's no reason to, to go into this terrorist ta tactic. And also, they started squeaking and squabbling after uh, Russia's ambassador to the UN uh, warned the world that, uh, in fact, it was the, uh, the GRU of Ukraine that was most likely plotting and planning this. And I saw something on an uh, alternative information site that I, I won't get into that allegedly uh, Ukrainian uh, special forces have met with... Uh, uh, the British Ministry of Defense about how exactly to package up such a weapon and then deploy it. Uh, do they have the ability? Of course, they. Uh, you know, they. You've got two major technical, you know, research universities in Ukraine. I think one's in Kiev and the other one's in Kharkov, and some of the uh, the staff and the faculty are holdovers from the uh, the Soviet era when, of course, Ukraine had nuclear weapons, and right now, of course, it has uh, civilian nuclear power uh, facilities. So you've got the waste there, and if not, you know, Ukraine is allied with three nuclear powers, one of which could easily uh, provide the material. Um, how, how these things are put together, I don't know exactly. I, again, I, I assume you would take really hot, you know, plutonium and grind it up, uh, so that it could be dispersed easily, uh, pack it around a bomb, and then set the bomb off. Um, where? You know, where would this happen? And uh, Andre gets into, well, it, it could either happen you know, at the front line as a weapon in the war. It could be you know, detonated in Russian territory, or it could be detonated deep within Ukraine, in Ukrainian uh, controlled territory. That would, be, that would be my guess, is that they would do it in Ukraine. Um, because everybody is on the lookout and everybody is preparing and because these things really don't pack that much of a punch uh, it would have next to no effect on the overall scheme of the, uh, the SMO, the war to use it as a weapon uh, in, in a direct battle uh, getting it into Russia now would be increasingly more difficult especially if it had any size to it they're now x-raying and you know, presumably scanning all, at least all the larger vehicles that come in, and uh, you know, you know, if this thing went off in Moscow, that would, uh, you know, nope. Only, only the uh, the people who make up the fake news would believe that the Russians would essentially nuke Moscow. Um, much more likely that they'll do it, you know, in the outskirts of Kiev or somewhere like that, and then blame it on Russia. And of course, that's that's what everybody's waiting on. Uh, what would be the, the response, both from the Russians and from the, uh, the rest of the world? If it's de detonated in Russia and it kills Russians or sickens Russians, I think the, uh, the response from Russia will be pretty clear and uh, rather exacting. 
But if it goes off, you know, in Ukraine, um, the, uh, the I guess the reason GRU is working with a, a British MOD in Britain, congratulations on, uh, on going another uh, mile down the road to oblivion with uh, um, Rishi Patel or whatever his... Uh, one curse after another, but uh, you know they're they're talking about uh, logistics and uh, you know how how best to, to use this thing, um, and they're also talking about ways to mimic uh, post post detonation radiological signatures that might be common to Russia, uh, with apparently with an A bomb or H bomb or cobalt bomb. Everybody's is a little different, and everybody else kind of knows who made what. Um, so this would be a very sloppy. It'd be a very sloppy, ineffective, uh, and relatively harmless kind of WMD. The cleanup after the fact would be the worst thing. I think that could be could be accomplished pretty safely, though. <coughs> but the, yeah, the, Gonzalo gets into the reason. Actually, everybody gets into the reason that they might want to do this is to, uh, to lure in NATO into a full-fledged war with Russia, which has been the, uh, the wet dream of the neocons, the, the neo-libs, ever since uh, uh, Vlasov and Putin, or Vlasov and Stalin sent them packing along with Trotsky back in the 30s. Hated Russia ever since, and they, they're quite open about their, uh, their intentions to defeat Russia and then carve it up into five or six uh, sub-states, each one enslaved to the uh, the usual suspects who would rule over it and destroy it completely, um, because that's what they do. Um, so, how would how would NATO get involved? And I I still don't think this is that plausible, because right now it looks like, uh, with, with the exception of the lunatics that run Washington and London, everybody else is looking for the exits. They're looking for any reason they can to, uh, to, you know, let leave old Z to his fate and uh, move on. And Andre talks about, well, they might do this or allow this to happen just to create chaos so that they can step away and move on to the next, you know, move on to getting Marvin the Martian suited up and ready to, uh, you know, fake an attack on Houston or Calcutta or somewhere. Um, the other theory, and Gonzalo kind of talked about this and he kind of got worried, um, is that they would, uh, they would use this as a reason to launch uh, an air and ground invasion into Ukraine and then confront the Russians. To that point, he mentioned the 101, the 101st Airborne, which is now, they've got four or 5,000 paratroopers in Romania. I don't think that's very significant. Larry Johnson has downplayed this as basically a, you know, a fake news, you know, photo op. Uh, and the 101 is basically replacing the 82nd, which has, you know, been in, you know, in, in Romania for on rotation for a while because as you know Romania is located kind of in between Texas and California and Japan and of course it's very vital to uh, American national security interests that's why we're there all the time so but if uh, in Gonzalo's theory is okay well Z detonates the uh, the bomb 
and before anybody can do any kind of investigation or you know before any cool heads assess anything the uh, the paratroopers move in to say Odessa and they they set the stage for uh, further ground deployment and maybe resupply from the Black Sea um, he also notes that, that that's unlikely to happen because while Russia one of, the, one of the things Russia has been doing in their their kid gloves treatment of this SMO all year that's really bothered people that don't understand the Russian what what the Russians are doing is that they've, they've kind of they've got their no no fly zone they're not allowing any military flights but they're allowing you know in the at least in the the west of Ukraine pretty much air travel as usual and they're allowing a lot of truck and train traffic they probably should not but however if if a bunch of you know C-17s or something take off uh, you know and they are watching if, if they see a bunch of paratroopers loading up and taking off headed for Odessa it's very likely that uh, none of them would make it that every one of those planes would be shot down and uh, as far as getting US ships through the Bosporus Turkey has closed that off to all military travel I suppose uh, Ankara could be bribed or the US could just force its way through uh, but in that event um, you would just have a bunch of ships getting sunk so and what where would and what, what would happen then um, nothing good you know it, it, at best that would just be the end of it and then they would have the chaos they wanted and they walk away but there would probably be Re, re-attack and retaliation. Uh, the Russians might not stop with just shooting down planes and sinking ships. They might sink ships uh, worldwide. They might launch attacks. You could, you could probably look for the government in Kiev to simply cease to exist and also for uh, many, many bases and decision-making centers around the West to suffer uh, immediate damage. Um, so and where would that take us? Uh, you know, ultimately, the, the, the great fear is that I don't want to stoke to the Fred Reed scenario where, you know, you have full-scale blackout in the United States and, uh, and Russia and everywhere else. Um, so I don't think it's going to go that far, but just be aware. Um, what does this mean for us? Um, <laughs> kind of the same thing I've been talking about ever since I started doing these talks. Uh, do not trust or put your faith in or ally yourself with evil people. Mind your own business. And now would be a great time. Yesterday, last year, in fact, would have been a wonderful time to get out of the cities. Because full-scale nuclear war, you know, the guy out in rural Nebraska or in upstate Maine would have to be told about it uh, as his life would go on. And, you know... Your neighbors are not going to be, you know, coming downstairs to eat you because they're starving if you don't have any upstairs neighbors. You know, little things like that. Uh, but also, if something does happen, um, it, you know, I, I've been saying pick, pick a place in Ukraine or Russia now that kind of resembles where you live and see what, see what, you know, warfare, urban warfare looks like, modern urban warfare, and just draw some lessons from it. Um, so in the, you know, and if this happens, when this happens, the, the news that most people rely on, CNN, Fox, the New York Times, 
they will go full full wall-to-wall coverage of nothing but the bombing you know they won't show you 2,000 feet away where nothing was affected they will just it'll just be full-scale horror they'll have all the uh, the experts and, and you know just all your your bloodthirsty usual suspects demanding revenge and action and on and on and on and, and, and again this would be <coughs> excuse me this has the potential to really demonstrate to everybody that uh as i've been saying russia is not the taliban um you know it's it's been quite some time since the uh, the u.s picked on an adversary that had the ability to hit the u.s i think the last time honestly it happened was in the 1860s when the confederacy had a you know technical ability to make small-scale incursions into the north and did on a few events but they, they didn't really have the the technological or the manufacturing power to uh, sustain you know sustain some sort of long heavy action uh, the last the last people that did were the British so it's been over 200 years since the Germans did not have the ability you know Hitler could not make it across the English Channel he was not coming across the Atlantic Japan never had the ability you know Pearl Harbor the setup that that was was about the absolute extent of, uh, of imperial Japanese reach. Everybody knew it, um, and that you know, and since then, uh, Korea no threat to mainland United States. Vietnam no threat to the mainland United States. The uh, the manufactured threat of ISIS and Al Qaeda, and uh, the Islamic extremist, all of it fake, uh, was built and operated by the same people that built and operated the coronavirus and the deadly vaccine poison um, and to the extent that any extremists have been allowed into this country it's only because they've been allowed into this country uh, and still they they can't carry out you know major military operations um, neither could Iraq or Yemen or Libya or Afghanistan you know at no point you know the Af Afghanis barely had a military they were essentially unarmed against the uh, the u.s coalition no air defense no air force could barely feed themselves and yet after 20 years they still won uh, russia is a totally different ball game um, you know forget the fact that they could wipe out all life on the planet six times over they have uh, they have the ability to do things to the U.S. that nobody has ever done before. So, um, just keep your eyes open. You know, Fred pointed out that you know, the 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 crazies most of the mo the most crazy and evil people live and operate in and around Washington D.C. and they know that's the primary retaliatory target. So they're not going to do anything too suicidal. But he points out that if you become aware that all these rats are, uh, you know, getting in cars or trains or, or Greyhound buses, as he puts it, and leaving town, that might be a warning. So uh, that's what I just wanted to provide today. Not No reason to panic. Stay out from under those desks. I never understood what a desk would do to stop a uh, nuclear explosion anyway. How do I get this thing to work? Okay. Um, no fear, just a little information. And that is uh, more than enough for today. Uh, when something really big happens, I'll be back. Um, until then, 
the show shall continue to be somewhat sporadic. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you have a great weekend this weekend. Uh, All Saints Day is coming up next week. Uh, you're looking forward to that. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Perrin Lovett for the Prepper Post News. Deo Vindici.